You are listening to a live broadcast from Faith Worship Center in Portia, Arkansas. Will you go with me to the book of Numbers chapter 21? And we're going to look at verses 4 through 9. And I, I hardly ever, ever, I can remember doing it, but it's few and far between. But this will not be the only text that we read uh, before we are seated. But you don't have to turn to the others. We're going to have Miss Abby to bring them up. She can jump right to them quicker than what uh, you could find it. And so, um, so we'll be going to other texts also. Numbers chapter 21, starting in verse number 4 and reading to verse 9. They journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to come past the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Wherefore, have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no bread and there's not any water. And our soul loathes this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he will take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is bitten, when he looks upon it, they shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and he put it upon a pole, and it came to pass that if a, ser- that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. And I'm going to read the text in John chapter 3, and she's bringing it up for you in verse number 14. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so. The Son of Man must be lifted up. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And one more in John 12 and verse number 32. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Praise the Lord. The scripture comes together in harmony from Numbers all the way to John's gospel where Jesus would say, if I'll be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. You know how to reach the lost and the dying and reach those that don't know Jesus? Lift up Christ in your life. And He will do the reaching. He will do the adding too because He will draw all men unto me. Listen, I'm going to let you be seated, but I'm convinced this morning that what people really want is what is missing in their life, and that is Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can fill the void. And if we lift Him up, He's going to draw them because He's the thing that they've been looking for. And this morning, I want to minister just a moment. I'm going to go back to Numbers and minister a title that we have preached before. And, uh, but I've got to revisit it this morning. This thought, look and live. Look and live. Will you bow your head and will you help me pray? Father, I love you this morning and I'm thankful for your grace, for your mercy, for your love. I'm thankful for the presence of the Holy Spirit that we have already felt and already experienced. But Lord, as we enter into your word, help me to be sensitive to your spirit. Help me to say what needs to be said, to quit when I need to quit, Lord, and to allow you to do your perfect work. Lord, I pray you would open our ears to hear, hearts to receive, and anoint me, God, to deliver this morning, and I'll be very careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. 
I'll begin this morning kind of as I did last week. Last week I preached, I tried to minister on the determination of Uriah. And something that I, I had to say before that message that I must say this morning also to make clear is that I know that doctrine is important. We don't just need to know the mechanics of how that we are saved and how that we are born again according to the Bible, but we also need to understand how to live and how to walk for the Lord to walk in the Spirit. I want you to understand this morning that in regards to that and that teaching, it's not something that I'm overlooking. It's not something that I am denying this morning. I am very careful not to just bring people in at a church service and to hype people up and to get them excited. I know that we need that and the presence of the Lord does that. But we can't have hype and excitement and not have no foundation and be able to stand when the enemy comes against us during the week. We got to have a foundation. But just because yesterday or last Sunday morning I preached on determination and asked the Lord to do that, and this morning I'm going to preach uh, on the need of being able or to be a voice to tell people to look and live, doesn't mean we're not laying a foundation on Sunday night and Wednesday night. And on Sunday morning, most of the time, I'm doing that also. But I want you to know the foundation for in Faith Worship Center, we continue to lay it. We continue to revisit it and we continue uh, to repeat it so that you would know how to be saved, how to live in victory, how to walk in the Spirit, how to, uh, uh, to live for God on a daily basis. We've laid that. And so this morning, I'm going to go in uh, to exactly what, what Moses was talking about. And I don't know how deep I'll get into it this morning. I'll be honest with you, my spirit is a little stirred in, a, in two ways. It's a little uh, excited and it's also a little bit disturbed this morning from some of the things that, that I have seen and experienced from the last week. And so I'm going to comment on some of that. I just can't get away from it. I had to put my message aside that I already had ready and uh, begin to move to this thought because I felt the Lord is leading me there and I uh, he, he knows better than what I do. And so let me begin this morning by simply acknowledging what is going on in the different universities around the nation that I'm sure that most of you have read about and most of you have seen in the uh, one in Kentucky, the Asbury uh, University, Lee University, and other universities around the nation that is going on. As far as what we know, and you know, the believer uh, should, it ought to catch our attention. It ought to uh, draw our attention to what is it that the Lord is doing in these different areas and what is God doing across the student body. The student body there had a regular service on a Wednesday. They went into their chapel at Asbury University and they had their chapel service and they begin to worship and they begin to pray. And since February the 8th on that Wednesday, when they joined together, their prayer and their worship has not concluded yet. There are people that has come to be a part of that and it's just, it, it isn't quitting. They sparked a desire for them just to be in the presence of the Lord in them universities and not just there but other ones also and people are literally do you know that people are coming from across this nation they're coming from across the country they're driving long distances just to see what the Lord is doing in these universities did you know that people are flying in from other nations and other countries I know some that has come from Sweden and, and other Switzerland and things that is coming in to see what God is doing throughout 
throughout these universities. They're being drawn by the worship and they're being drawn by the desire of people to lift up the name of Jesus Christ and just to bask in His presence there. They're not stopping. I know I'm not going to make friends this morning, but I want to keep the ones I've got. They're not stopping for a ball game. They're not stopping for another event. They're not stopping for something else the university has going. Everything is being shut down and full attention is going to what is God doing in these universities and in the hearts and lives of these young people. Some have criticized in a great way, and I'm sure you've seen the criticism also. And I know I, I, I've had a few texts. What do you think? I, I'm not been there. What do you think? Well, I've just not been there. But I listen, and I, I, I'm, I'm learning. The older that I get, I'm not good at it, but I'm learning that quick to hear and slow to speak is a great principle. And so as I'm listening and I'm watching, I'm seeing some things. Here's the disturbing part. Uh, there, there are those that are seeing prayer time and they're seeing worship. And do you know that their first uh, matter on their agenda is to look for something that they can criticize in regards to what God is doing? Just trying to find something wrong with it. Just trying to find something we can pick at. Just trying to find something that we can bash. Uh, I'm talking about preachers all the way to those that call themselves born again believers. They're just trying to criticize everything that is going on there. I've even read as preachers have said I hope they don't let so and so up to preach. I hope they don't let him up to exhort anything because his past literally one preacher said his past ought to disqualify him from ever taking the pulpit. I want you to know this morning if our past disqualifies us you need to find yourself a different pastor because I'm out. I I'm done. The pulpit is open. Uh, I understand. Uh, our past doesn't define us. The past doesn't disqualify you. Uh, I believe this morning uh, that Jesus is able to take away the sins of the world. Take it away. If we say somebody disqualifies us, I want to say, and it wouldn't have been in the right spirit, but I wanted to say, well, sir, you need to get rid of your Bible because you don't believe the gospel. Uh, if you don't believe the gospel, we have no right to trying to voice it. Uh, I understand this morning, uh, those are trying to criticize. Uh, there's a lot of people picking up a stone uh, and ready to cast a stone and few people that are ready to extend grace. Uh, this is a shame. Uh, I want to say this morning, and I read uh, different comments in different posts to everybody that already started out criticizing churches for wanting a move of the Spirit just because of Asbury University. Shame on you. Yes, we want a moving of the Spirit. Yes, we want the presence of the Holy Spirit. And yes, we want God to have liberty to do what He wants to do. Oh, I'm disturbed. Did I keep all my friends? Good. You know what? I know this morning that we don't have to that we don't have to chase the presence of the Lord. Asbury doesn't have God bottled up in that chapel. I thank God for what He's doing, but He's not bottled up. And when they shut the door, they didn't lock Him in because there's no way you're going to lock God in. They don't have Him bottled up this morning. I know that God is not confined to a university. I know He's not confined to a state. Last time I checked, which was just a couple of minutes ago, God the Holy Spirit still knows His way to Faith Worship Center in Portia, Arkansas on Highway 63. He still knows His way. 
I know this morning that we can have a true revival right here and we don't have to go out there. Hey, I, I commend those that are able to go, go and be a part of it for whatever. It's not the same people that's been there for 11 days straight. There's people coming and there's people going. Hey, uh, if you can go, then, then great. Yeah, you get nothing from me. But I will tell you this, there are those that can't go. And that's why it's vital that we seek uh, and we desire an outpouring of the Holy Ghost right here where we live what I see and I can't help but to honor today is this I see that there's still a hunger for the presence of God you know a lot of times as a believer I promise I try to get to my text in a little bit I'm not going to promise I'm going to get there but I'm going to try a lot of times as a believer I've felt like Elijah just go crawl in the cave and get in the back of it and just sit there for a while because when the Lord comes and says, what are you doing here? I just wanted to say, what's the use, God? I'm alone. I'm all by myself. And when we look, well, I know you're, uh, why, what are you doing here, Elijah? God, I'm all by myself. All of the things that come, Elijah was not looking for a, a sign. He's just saying, I'm all alone. And when the Lord got tired of Elijah being all alone, there was a still small voice that spoke to his heart. And when Elijah come to the edge of the cave, I'm going to put it in my own words. Oh, by the way, Elijah, just want you to know you're wrong. There's 7,000 footmen that have not yet bowed a knee to Baal. I want you to know, Faith Worship Center, we've been meeting on 4.30 and praying for our nation, for those that's came to a prayer meeting. Thank you for coming. We've been praying for our nation. Uh, guess what God's doing? He's answering a prayer and He's moving outside of these four walls. Here's what I see. <laughs> There's many people that's counted the church out even up in a government level. But the truth of the matter is there's still those that have not bowed a knee to sin and about not bowed a knee to the way of the world. Denomination burials have no effect. I talked to a pastor friend of mine that's a good friend. I texted him. He went down there. I texted him and I said, how was it down there at the university, my friend? He said it was powerful. I walked through the door and the presence of the Lord hit me and I said, you know anybody there? And he said, to be honest, I didn't look for anybody there. I just got over by myself and I just began to lift up the name of Jesus and all kinds of things. And this is what I learned. I got to talk to him. This is what the church world needs to know today. When they came to the university to worship, there was nobody there that was asking what denomination you are. <laughs> they were all messed up in there. There were literally Pentecost and Baptist and Church of Christ and, and independent people. Do you know what? They, they were worshiping together. They didn't even know it. Oh, if they knew it, they might have got a little religious and got, got a little bit wrong. But you know what? God does not read the name above our door before He comes in. Uh, he's looking for a whosoever will that will open up their heart. And He begins to lift up and meet their need and move upon them with His presence. 
There wasn't a corner for Church of Christ. I don't mean that unkind if you're looking later. There wasn't a corner for Pentecost worship like y'all want to worship. There wasn't a corner over here for Baptist. There was none of that. There was nothing like that. There was people hungry for the presence of the Lord and they were going in and they were being touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. The majority that is going on there is all about worship. Somebody told me, well, I got a problem with that too because you got to have the Word. Look, I know that you need the Word. But let me tell you what's happening there. I felt this in my spirit. They have not let denominational doctrine stop their worship. There's nobody getting up there and saying, well, you got to do this and you got to do this. Nobody's doing that. They're not even going through any religious acts. And I know some of them we partake in, but they're not, they're not stopping for communion. They're not stopping for water baptism right now. They're just lifting up the name of Jesus and God, the Holy Ghost is filling that place. Uh, one man told me I'm standing by somebody. He got up and they went down to an altar. They're crying out for repentance. God, forgive me for what I've done. Uh, another one said there was a lady about two people down for me all of a sudden she was baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues uh, I want you to know that when the presence of God fills a place such as that we really don't know what all God is doing uh, I know that Luke chapter 5 he's saving somebody up here healing somebody up here restoring somebody back there delivering somebody back here uh, he's just doing a work what's God doing he's doing exactly what his people will allow him to do that's what he's doing I thought about it like this I thought it was kind of a I'm trying to get to my really I'm not I think about the book of Acts chapter number 2 I'm Pentecost by experience you're going to catch me praying in the spirit okay you're going to catch me clapping my hands and Stomping my foot. It's going to happen. If I'm by myself, I pray in the Spirit. Because of the benefit of Isaiah 28, 11, and 12, it's rest and refreshing to my soul. The fight of faith gets hard sometimes, and I need to rest sometimes. But in Acts chapter number 2, I've seen as Bible scholars and everything, they've tried to figure it all out, and we need to try to teach it the best way that we can. But do you understand this morning that when the disciples and the, uh, all of those that went into the upper room waiting on this endowment from power from, from the Lord as He promised to do, do you understand they didn't know what to expect? They didn't have nobody to teach them about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Brother Ron. They didn't have nobody to tell them this is what's going to happen. They didn't have nobody to tell them this is what you need to be looking for and this is how it's going to happen and this is the experience. They didn't have nobody coaching them. They didn't have nobody to explaining them. They were a bunch of people that just wanted what God wanted them to have and they walked in and they said, oh Lord, give us the power that you promised to give us and God began begin to fill them and to endue them with power from on high. I have, I know I'm Pentecost, but you know what? If you look at the effects of Pentecost, I have a problem with people that says, oh, I don't know about that baptism of the Spirit. I don't know if I want any of that. Really? Really? Did you see the effects? Did you notice that 3,000 were saved? And then another time, 5,000 were saved? Why do you not want that? Oh, I wish that was my message this morning, but it's not. They didn't know what to expect. 
But there was a continuing outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Peter stood up that day and he said, and this is what I feel that we are seeing today. He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Your sons and your daughters, they'll prophesy. And I will pour my spirit out upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters, they will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And also upon my servants and handmaids will I pour my spirit out upon that day. It didn't start or it started in, with Peter, but it didn't stop until the church age is over. Listen, they're in the same place Peter was in. People are going. They don't know what to expect. People are going. They don't know what they're going to see. But what they do know is God is moving and His presence uh, is, is real there. They're just walking in and saying God, uh, I don't know exactly what, you, what it is, uh, but touch me with your presence. And they're leaving changed and transformed into the image of Christ. Why do we not want that? There's a continual outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I love this. I love this. I'll, I'll, and I'll try to make my way to my text again. I changed my mind again. I love that it started with young people. <laughs> I love that. Because the attack today is on young people. The attack today is upon our youth, our young people. And all of a sudden, this started with a young person. It didn't start with a well-known evangelist. There's no name being thrown around out there. They've had calls and said, hey, I'm a professional worship leader. I'd like to come. And they say, all due respect, you can come. But we just want you to come and just sit in the congregation and lift up the name of Jesus. News said, we'd like to come down and we'd like to talk to you. And they said, respectfully, we don't want you to come. We just want you to see what's going on from whatever it is. We're not going to stop for an interview. I love that it started with young people. Young people, let me tell you something. It started with young people. God is not a respecter of persons. Have revival in your school. Have revival with your friends. Let God, the Holy Spirit, use you in the day and the hour that we live in. Our young people today as a whole have been desensitized. I had a young person tell me the other day, I was talking about sin. She was telling me about one of her friends and the bondage that her friend was in. And she began to tell me how she thought this and I, th I, think th I think this and I think that. And I said, well, I said, just keep in mind, it doesn't matter what we think. It, it, what matters is what does the Bible say? And then the comment I have as well, remember, you need to remember it's the 21st century. Okay, I do remember. 21st century, I also remember that what God called sin in the very beginning is still sin today. And our young people are being desensitized because everywhere they go, it's thrown in their face and it's no longer scary to them. It's no longer a tactic uh, and something that they jump from. It's becoming normalized. Uh, and if we're not careful as adults, it'll become normalized to us also. Listen, uh, there's a little exercise that I do with a new cult that I bring in. I take him in the round pen. I've got a lead rope and I've got a halter on him. Then I've got a whip that's got a tail on it and it's got a white sack that, that is tied to it. Let me tell 
tell you something. Uh, you can do that right there with a white sack and that colt is going crazy. He's going to do everything he can. And the, the, what I've got to do is stay with him and just be careful and be easy because I want him to be still and to be calm and to take everything that I throw at his way. I start over here. I'll get a little closer. I'll hit the saddle with it. I'll go around his back legs. I'll let go of the rope. I'll walk around him doing this. I'll get in the saddle. I'll do it in the saddle. And he's not to jump as long whatever I'm doing. He is to stand still and to let nothing bother him. I want you to know we're doing it to our kids and we don't need to do that with our kids. Our kids need to jump at sin. They need to run away from something that they know is not of God. They need to avoid it. They need to stay clear of it because a little sin piles up to a lot of sin and a lot of sin piles up to eternal damnation. I know that's not popular today, but it's still the truth. Revival does not come in a magic formula. They're lifting up the name of Christ and they're pointing people to Him. The psalmist said, Will thou not revive us again, O Lord? God looks for a hungry heart, fills them, turning them to Him. Because whatever we have need of, Jesus is still the answer. I'm a little stirred this morning. I want to try to slow down and I want you to see something. Should be a caution to us that we should be careful to not move too quickly when we're in the presence of the Lord. Because God always knows what we have need of, even greater than what we know that we have need of. There's a great truth that I want to leave with you this morning. And I'm gonna just I'm just gonna give it to you and leave it there. Jesus had a conversation with Nicodemus in John chapter number three. The conversation went like this. Nicodemus said, what must I do to be born again? What must I do? He's asking him. Jesus says, you must be born again. How is it that a man would enter into his womb and come out a second time? And Jesus said, that which is born of the water is water, the natural birth. But that which is born of the Spirit is of the Spirit. And then he said, marvel not that I said to you that you need to be born again. And Nicodemus in his questioning and his wondering, how is this going to happen? Jesus gives him one truth that I've already given you and I'm going to leave it with you. He says in John chapter number three, I'll read it to you so I don't mess it up. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He was talking about his death on the cross of Calvary, and how that Moses and the serpent on the pole was a type of what Jesus would do on the cross of Calvary. Jesus goes further in the book of John. He tells us that uh, if I be lifted up, watch this, I will draw all men unto me. When's the last time you came into church with the intent just to lift up Christ? With your goal to just lift up Jesus. I don't care who's coming. I don't care who's sitting beside me. I just want to lift up Jesus because Jesus gave the promise, I will draw all men, not just some, red, yellow, black, white, all nations, all nationalities. I will Watch this. Not just the banker and the lawyer, though they need Jesus, but the people that everybody else walks by and tries to, as a one minister, disqualify them. He said, I'll draw them all. I'll just take them all.
He doesn't cut anybody. He just takes them all. And when we get to Numbers chapter 21, here's what was happening. I'll leave this with you. They began to murmur and complain. They were already getting light bread from heaven. They were, get that? They were getting bread from heaven and they were complaining about it. They were complaining. And so Moses, listening to the people complain, they were complaining against him and against the Lord. And the Lord allowed these fiery serpents to begin to bite them. And they were getting sick and they were dying. And the Lord said, or when Moses went to the Lord, I'm hurrying on a purpose because I feel like I need to quit. When he went and he said, what are we going to do? The Lord said, get you a pole, make a serpent of brass, put it on the pole. And when it's lifted up, everybody that looks upon it, they shall live. Now I'm going to tie everything that I said at the beginning of the service with this in just a moment. Everybody that looks, they will live. Pastor Brian brought this out as well as I've ever heard it brought out. And I begin to look. I even text him where he got this. And I begin to do the research also. And Bible scholars believe commentaries will bring it out also. But if you think about this. And we go back to how many Israelites came out of Egypt. There was somewhere between two and a half and three million people. One man with a pole. Lifting it up, look and live, is going to cause or still allow a lot of this in the back of this crowd. So the big picture and what's really going on or could be going on here most likely is that Moses didn't just make a pole and put a serpent, but he made the pole and put a serpent. And then he had a runner, somebody grabbed the pole because don't you think the situation is pretty urgent? People were dying. Run around. Run around these people as fast as you can go and begin to scream out, look and live. Look and live. Look and live. Bible scholars say, brought this out in some of my commentaries, that it probably had an adverse effect. It just continued to snowball. Somebody looked upon the brazen serpent and they noticed that they wasn't sick anymore and they began to live. And here's what's happening. They had family in that congregation. They had family in the crowd and that individual went to somebody else and said, hey, there's a runner coming around with a pole. I'm going to take you so you can look and you can live also. And people, as they begin to do this, it started with one and went to ten and went to hundreds and then went to thousands of people that were screaming out look and you will live and they didn't know it but what they were doing in the revelation and the prophetic here they were actually screaming look to Jesus Christ and you shall live we want a move of God what is these universities doing Am I trying to pattern after them? You know me better than that. They've cut all denomination. They've cut all of this. I don't mean it unkind, but junk that don't matter. And they're just telling people to come in and look to Christ. And you will find life. Last week, 
I preach that if we're going, one thing that we've got to be is we've got to be determined as what Uriah is, so determined that we will lay our life down. I want to stack something on that this morning because I hope that you took last Sunday night and you took through the week and you begin to pray, God, let me be as determined as what Uriah is where I don't have any quit and I don't have any give up in me. This morning, I want to stack something else on that. If you've allowed the Lord to build determination in your heart that you're not going to quit, I want to say this to you. As long as you're going to be here will you let God use your voice to scream out to those that are dying and those that are lost and tell somebody look and you shall live look and live look and live look and live and point somebody to Jesus Christ so that they will find the true meaning of life look and you shall live I got to stop right there would you stand with me congregation Services went different than what I planned it in my head, but that's okay. I felt that. And this morning, I'm going to ask Brother Jeff if he would come just by yourself. Would you come? And I am going to, uh, I'm going to pray and I'm going to just give you a time to come. Find yourself a place to pray before we're dismissed. And our prayer as congregation is, if you need somebody else, that's fine. I don't mean to just jump it on you. But our prayer is this. Lord, let me have such a desire for Jesus that I not only let him affect my own heart, but I scream out to everybody that is around me to look, and they shall live also. Does anybody in here know anybody that needs Jesus? Look, and we shall live. Will you bow your head? Father, we love you this morning. We thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and for your love. We thank you, God, for what you're doing across our nation. And, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing right here. I see revival right here, God. I see as people are getting stirred again one more time for the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I see, God, as people are coming back to their first love and falling in love with Jesus Christ all over again. Lord, we believe that last week that you would cause us, give us a desire to be determined to be about your work. And this week, God, I'm asking you this morning for all of those, Lord, that would allow you to use them, that they would be a voice that would run into this world, run around those that are bound by sin and say, if you look to Jesus, you will find life. If you will look to Christ, you will live. And this morning, that is my prayer. I'm going to just give you time to come. If you say, Lord, I want that to be me. I want to be a voice that you could say that you could use to, to scream out to those that are hurting to look and to live. God, give me that desire and give me that hunger and use me in the day and the hour that we live in. Would you come this morning? If you were blessed by this message or you need prayer, please email us at faithworshipcenterar at gmail.com.